Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host, coming at you from the Fargo studios between the railroad tracks and the cathedral. I'd like to thank Therese for producing. Thanks so much, Therese. You're doing an awesome job, as always. That bonus that they're thinking about giving you, I'm telling Mark to double it, okay? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I'd like to thank last half hour, we were speaking with a deacon, Deacon Ken Vadova from the Diocese of Fargo about his walk and journey to the diaconate. He and his wife, Tammy, of course, Ken was the only one ordained, but you do it together. I'm in formation. I know that. And also his work now at Ave Maria in Jamestown. Thanks so much. The line I'm going to take away with me says, I'm still working with kids. They're just a lot older. We're all children of God. And speaking of children of God, someone who really has a watchful eye on all this is Christopher Dodson, Executive Director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Welcome, Christopher. Good day, Tim. Appreciate it. You know, every time I go to your website, there's just never a shortage of, of things and events and, and happenings that you need to address. You know, it's, it's not just the legislative end, which you do a wonderful job. I love your alerts and all those things. But there's lots of other things. Um, one of the things that was in the news fairly recently, kind of about a month ago, I guess, kind of January, was uh, something that UND was kind of proposing to do. Um, why don't you just briefly uh, tell our listeners about that and how, how that's uh, kind of ended up, and then we'll move on to a different topic. Sure. Um, basically what happened was the University of North Dakota proposed a policy that they called for gender inclusion which we thought was an overreach and infringed upon the constitutional rights of students, faculty, and staff, both their free speech rights and their religious rights. We wrote a letter to the university in October. We never heard back. In January, um, the bishops decided that uh, parents of Catholic high school students should know that this policy was a possibility. So... Uh, I wrote a letter on their behalf that the superintendents and principals provided to the parents. That got a lot of attention. The university eventually backed down. Um, both the uh, New Earth and the Dakota Catholic Action uh, and our website um, have a column on this that I wrote recently and what happened. Uh, unfortunately, the Dakota Catholic Action version of the Bismarck side was impressed before the university decided to no longer move forward with the proposal. So you can consider this kind of the update for those uh, Bismarck readers, Bismarck diocesan readers, um, to know that this issue is now over, at least um, officially from the university. They changed their mind. Wonderful. Well, we, again, we would like to thank you and, of course, our bishops, Bishop Kagan and Bishop Folda here in the dioceses of Fargo and Bismarck for always being vigilant and always being, you know, uh, taking action. I appreciate that. So thanks again, Christopher. So again, uh, you heard him talk about where you can find the updates. Uh, ND, North Dakota Catholic Conference website. I, I read your editorial. Very well done. And there's an update at the end, too, that you put on there, I think, January 21st, that mentions that it's now, you know, they're not pursuing it anymore at this time. So I appreciate that. Wonderful. Well, Christopher, there's always, like I said, always some, some things to talk about. And one of the great things on people's mind is a lot of anticipation about what might happen this summer in what's called the Dobbs case. Why don't you give our listeners an overview of what the Dobbs case is and what it might address and why it's important? Right. Um, the Supreme Court has heard um, oral arguments and submit, you know, accepted all the briefings 
Hobbs versus uh, Jackson County. Jackson, 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 Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's that issue is a Mississippi law that prohibits abortions after 15 weeks gestation. That goes squarely against Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood, which are the two cases that control basically abortion law in the country. Uh, it's really hard for the court to uphold the Mississippi law unless it overturns Roe and Casey. Now, they could find a way, but based on oral argument, it looks as though there's at least five and maybe six that would uphold the Mississippi law, which means that Roe and Casey would be overturned which basically would return the question of abortion back to the states. Um, we won't know probably until June, um, but legal scholars and observers on both sides say, look, it, it looks pretty clear that it's going to be really hard to find a middle ground here, um, and that it's either up or down on Roe and Casey. So this may be what we've been waiting for for 49 years. You know, it's pretty amazing how, um, if you look at this, and now you're, you're, you know, you're a lawyer, I'm not, but my understanding of the way Roe was written you know, by Harry Blackman, even, even like, I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg, even people and justices who support abortion say Roe was really poorly written as far as jurisprudence. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was on a collision course uh, with itself. I think is what um, Sandra Day O'Connor said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ginsburg thought the same thing. It was uh, she would have written it a different way. Um, it just couldn't survive. And the idea that it was established law was always laughable by anybody who really knew anything about constitutional law. Uh, and what's interesting is well, it puts us in a unique position in time. And uh, that's what we're focusing on is it's not going to be over when the Dobbs decision comes out if Roe v. Wade is overturned. That's just a partial victory. Um, But the the battle is not over by any means. And, you know, there were, in the Old Testament, there were 49 years, and then a 50th year was a jubilee year where things were set right again. Debts were forgiven, prisoners released, land was returned. Um, And this could be our Jubilee year next year. It's been 49 years since Roe v. Wade was decided. Um, And the 50th year could be our Jubilee year. But it's going to be a year of work, too. A lot of things could change, and it means that the entire pro-life community... Uh, are going to have to really step up to build a culture of life. And so at the conference, we're focusing on what happens in June if um, Roe is overturned, and what do, where do we go from here in North Dakota? We're talking with Christopher Dodson, who is the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference about Dobbs versus Jackson. Case before the Supreme Court, as he mentioned, they have already heard the oral arguments, and, they're, of course, they're writing their... Their, uh, now their decisions, and probably have it sometime this summer. You know, Christopher, I like the Jubilee. I had never thought about with Roe versus Wade. I mean, I knew about the 49 years and the Jubilee, but I'd never thought about that with Roe, and that is a keen insight. I appreciate that. 
Uh, it was pointed out to me by uh, at, uh, a banquet that I was at on the night of the Supreme Court hearing. Uh-huh. I was in D.C., and mm-hmm. someone pointed it out at the banquet, and it stuck to my mind. I yeah. said, i got to share this because... I think it tells us something. Exactly, exactly. Well, I, I know that you have a, a presentation, and we'll talk about that a little later, that you know, you, you, uh, you, you can do for, I think you did some of it at the uh, Pro-Life Conference here in North Dakota statewide, and then you're willing to come to parishes and do it as well. I think that's going to be great. But before the break, let's do this, Christopher. Let's talk a little bit, because you mentioned what Dobbs is. If it's overturned, it simply sends it back to the states. So tell us a little bit more about that, what states can do, and what things are like in the state of North Dakota right now if Dobbs is overturned. Right. Basically, if if Roe was overturned. Oh, yeah. I'm wrong. Um, I mean, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It would return the issue back to the states. So states, it wouldn't make abortion illegal across the country, but it would allow states to regulate it or make it illegal. Um, and in North Dakota, we have 47 abortion-related statutes. Uh, seven of those are, I would consider abortion bans. Some of them um, are enjoined. Some of them are in effect. And some of them would become law um, after a Supreme Court decision, which would allow them to go into effect. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if so, if I'm seeing this right, I mean, I, I've you know, things I've heard. For instance, there will be states who are you know, very much pro-abortion, and so a lot of mm-hmm. their you know their laws will probably be you know so you'll probably what have kind of abortion states you know with with varying degrees of restrictions and and those that come down to all the way to where abortion is totally illegal. Is that right? Is that the landscape we could see uh, in, in a while after, if Dobbs overturns Roe? Correct. And in our listening area, um, Minnesota would be one of those that um, would allow abortions and possibly expand it to make it more available, while South Dakota, Wyoming, and North Dakota are more likely to restrict. In fact, we have trigger bans that would ban most abortions um, if Roe is overturned. Right, so by the trigger ban, you mean as soon as, if Roe is overturned, it just, it's, it's ready to go right. It automatically goes into force. Uh, yeah, we have two... We have one that I would call a comprehensive trigger ban. It bans all abortions except for uh, rape, incest, and life of the mother. Um, after the attorney general certifies to the legislative council um, that the Supreme Court has allowed the law to go into effect. We also have a dismemberment ban, which is the most common uh, method of abortion and the second trimester that has the same trigger. But it does not have um, a rape and incest exception. Okay. All right. That that's very informative. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Does does the and after 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 the break, I could explain a little more, but it gets complicated. Yeah. Exactly. No. Let's let's do that. We're going to take a break now. We're talking with Christopher Dodson, the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference, about the Dobbs case and what it means to us, North Dakota, and the country. And we will continue to talk. He's got a presentation too. He's going to lay out the main topics of that. And he's be willing to come and do that at certain places as well. So we're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. I think that, well, first of all, I tend to be more of an app user than I do live radio listening. But I get all of the same programming, just maybe a little bit delayed. And I think that the main reason for having this wonderful availability is basically what you would call in the business world the economy of scale. It's, it's possible for um, our local RPR network to broadcast things that locally we could not afford to have. Or, or programming that, that we just don't have the talent available locally. And the things that come to mind are really the best of the best that are national syndicated type programs that are available locally, like EWTN programming, um, Father Spitzer's programming, uh, Catholic Answers. All of those things are things that are, are so appreciated by the people in our community that we may not have that local talent here. And um, RPR gives us the possibility of delivering it locally. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thanks for staying with us. My name is Tim Moser, your host today, coming at you from the Fargo studio. Thanks again to Therese for producing. We're talking with Christopher Dodson, Executive Director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference, about the Dobbs case and what that means, the implications. Christopher, before the welcome back, before the break, you were just mentioned a little bit. Go ahead and continue to explain that here uh, to our listeners, please. Yeah, we have a trigger ban, which would, within about a month, if everything works out right, could ban all abortions in the state except for rape, incest, and life of the mother. We also have this dismemberment ban, which has the same trigger, which could also go into effect, and that would really kick in around the second trimester. It does not have a rape and incest exception. So both of them were triggered, um, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. All abortions would be banned in North Dakota, except for rape and incest, up to about 12 weeks of gestation. But that's not the end of the story, because we passed a law um, to ban abortion after cardiac activity, and a so-called heartbeat ban. Now, this is not the same as a ban you read about in Texas. It's a similar idea, but the enforcement mechanism is different than the Texas law. It's not as controversial. That law wasn't joined um, uh, by the federal courts and then appealed to the Eighth Circuit, and they upheld the injunction. A quick little story here. When they upheld that injunction, the Eighth Circuit said, 
we have to do this because of Roe and Casey, but we think the Supreme Court should reconsider this issue. Mm. Um, some people said we wasted a lot of taxpayer money, but really we were setting the stage for the Dobbs decision. The Dobbs decision didn't come out of anywhere. North Dakota helped pave the way because that Eighth Circuit opinion got the attention of the Supreme Court, attorneys generals around the country, and others saying, you know what, they're right, this needs to be revisited. So we kind of set the stage. Now, that case is enjoined. When, it, when a law is found unconstitutional, that doesn't mean it goes away. It stays on the books. And it could be enforceable again when the Supreme Court says can be. And in this case, the Attorney General could go back to the court and say, based on the Dobbs decision, we want the injunction lifted. Now, if that were the case, and we had the triggers, you know, we basically combined all the laws, abortion would be prohibited, um, except for rape and incest, up to about six weeks, and life of the mother. So that's well over 99% of all abortions in North Dakota. Um, so that's, that's something we have to deal with as a state. We're protecting babies, um, but we also need to help those mothers. And so the bishops have really supported me as I said, we need to work on what do we need to do to help the women of North Dakota who get those abortions. We, you had Jody on earlier. earlier. Uh, uh, you know, we know what we do at the pregnancy centers and the sidewalks and the maternity homes. But we're going to have to step up our game all the way from the state level where we pass laws to help women um, to what do we do to help the charities and where do we focus. So we've been digging in more into who are these women from North Dakota that get abortions. Where would they go? What would they do? Um, They're still going to be desperate in many of their minds. They think that abortion is the answer. We know better. But... Um, it just you just can't change an entire culture of death with a Supreme Court decision in June. You see what I'm getting at? Exactly. No, that makes perfect yeah. sense, Christopher. Yep. So we have really good statistics in North Dakota about who these women are. Um, there's about 830. The numbers are pretty steady lately. These are North Dakota residents that get abortions in North Dakota. About 50 more go to Minnesota every year. Very few go to South Dakota. Uh, And we know some things about them. We know they tend not to be teenagers. In fact, the teen... Well, let me back up on that 830. That number is steady, but the percentage of pregnancies ending abortion continues to go down. Okay. Because because the number of pregnancies has gone up in the state. Okay. So it's important to look at that percentage and, and think of how many pregnancies we're working with here. Um, so that's good news that the percentage goes down, but the number is about steady in, in the last several years. Um, but they're not, they tend not to be teenagers. We have a very, very low teenage pregnancy rate in North Dakota. It has dropped dramatically. And we've done that without the big contraceptive programs that other states and the pro-abortion advocates say that we're supposed to have, you know. North Dakota does not spend one dime on family planning of state money. We don't put contraceptives in the schools. We don't put family planning in the schools. And yet we have lowered the teenage pregnancy rate just 
and think it dramatically. Um, I can get the numbers for you guys sometimes if you want to, or put them on our website. It's in my presentation. Um, what we have, though, is an adult out of wedlock pregnancy problem. Um, and that um, you see in the abortion stats. So we have the typical woman who gets an abortion for in, that a North Dakota woman is in her 20s. Um, she has a high school education, usually some college education, and she tends to be white um, and is more likely to live in the Fargo area. Um, if you were to, you know, look at the typical woman. Mm-hmm. So the challenge we have is how do we reach those women? Uh, a few other things. We know, for example, also that black women uh, are more likely to get an abortion or, or are disproportionately represented. Let's put it that way. In other words, they're a small segment in the population. They're a higher segment of the abortion right. uh, okay. numbers in North Dakota, mm-hmm. for North Dakota women. Right. The, the disproportion is, um, there's a little bit of disproportion there for Native American women, but not near what you would consider when you consider other factors that tend to lead a woman to think she needs an abortion, such as poverty, um, housing, um, lack of education, uh, high school degree, things like that. Uh, which indicates there's probably a strong pro-life sentiment um, in our tribal communities that counteracts that. So so I think we need to know more about who these women are and where they come from, um, because we have 830 or so women that we need to care for. Mm -hmm. We've always needed to care for them, but um, don't... In, in some respects, the politics is going to put it in our lap saying, hey, you pro-lifers, you wanted them, now take care of them. So yeah. we need to step up and figure out how we're going to take care of them. So true, talk with Christopher. Uh, uh, go ahead, Christopher. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Tim. Well, I'm just saying we're so talking. I'm just saying this is the type of present. This is a presentation um, that i am done a few times uh, this winter, and I want to take to other parishes or pro-life groups to talk about the Dobbs decision, the laws, and especially about what do we know about these women? Who are we missing here? Do we change our advertising? Do we change some policies in the, um, in the law? Uh, you know, we need to examine what we do in this 50th year, our Jubilee year. So true. We're talking with Christopher Dodson, Executive Director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. You know, a couple of things come to mind, Christopher. Uh, number one, just, just thank you for putting that together because it's so important. I think me, probably like a lot of people, hadn't really, I mean, think, hey, you know, Roe could be overturned, you know, abortion, because, you know, North Dakota is probably going to be close to illegal. I didn't know all the specifics. But you bring up such a good point. Okay, so let's say that does happen. What is a woman who is pregnant now in North Dakota, you know, what does she look like? Right, what, what, what are they exactly? What's the profile? And... How are we going to help them? Because just as you said, overturning a court decision or whatever does not mean we're actually taking care of people, you know, right here who are experiencing this. Uh, Very important indeed. I assume that, you know, you or the legislators are probably uh, working on that now and thinking about ways that we can do something to help, I would guess. Um, Yeah, the discussions are going. And, um, you know, what I've done, I have a little, you know, 
folder on my desktop mm-hmm. on my computer. Yep. And I'm just I'm here hearing ideas for the next legislative session, and I'm putting them in that folder, just jotting them down or things, and just putting them in that folder. And I said maybe we need to put together a post Dobbs package or mm-hmm. something of yep. legislation. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not sure what that is. We, we're facing a new frontier here. Right. You know, Christ right. is giving us a victory, but another battle. Mm-hmm. As is always the case. That that's so true. Well, I think that, that that's how it starts. Right? So many things, right, that happen. We we pray, you know, however long down the road we'll have it. It starts just with ideas. And I appreciate the fact that you're putting those all down and saying, okay, you know, what what's what's this going to look like? What should we do? And of course, prayer is a big part of it. And and as you mentioned, just being having those ideas. So if, if someone has some ideas or wants to, to wants to get a hold of you either for ideas or to get this presentation into their, their church or, or community, uh, how can they do that, Christopher? Well, I think the easiest way is to just go to our website, which is ndcatholic.org. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a contact page there. Send me an email or give us a call. And... Um, I would like to take this presentation on the road. I think we need to be prepared for June instead of thinking after June. But even if we have to do it in the summer, this is something we'd need to talk about. And um, and then pray for us and pray for pray for those women. And remember, what do we know about all those women? Black, white, age. We know that they're loved. Every single one of them is loved. If they if they weren't loved, they wouldn't exist. God's love sustains our being. So we, as North Dakotans, need to step up and love them as well. Um, people like Jody, you heard earlier, you know, they love them. We, we need to love them in our families and in our communities so that the, when the, the women face those crisis pregnancies, they won't, they're not going to think about going to Minnesota. They're going to know that they live in a community that's going to take care of them. That makes such good sense, Christopher, to be proactive, right? Prepared and prepared, as I always say. We need to pray. And, and you're right. Uh, so the contact uh, Christopher at the North Dakota Catholic Conference if you're interested. Uh, he sent me the slides. It looks like a great presentation. You heard kind of a summary of it here. Very important, very informative. Uh, Christopher, I'd li- like to thank you for, for you being on the program today and uh, love to have you back on uh, when you have more info. That'd be great. All right, that's Christopher Dodson of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. He's the executive director. When we come back after the break, are you interested in an adventure? I know I always am. We're going to talk about a unique and amazing adventure. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.